Come on. Wow. They rolled her in in a wheelchair. She walked out pushing the wheelchair. But but here's the thing. Y'all missed it Wednesday. She had a fractured hip. Fractured hip. You got a brace on? No brace? A cast? None of that. Did they put screws in your hip? A fractured hip. She got a fractured hip. Had a fractured hip. Somebody ought to shout and give God glory. <laughs> Amazing God we serve. Oh, I, I heard doubt in the atmosphere. You know, sometimes God will do miracles in your midst just to prove your doubt to be false. Let's go to work. Grab your Bibles all over this place. Grab your Bibles. Go to the book of Psalm 14. I'm sorry, 144. Psalms 144, verse number 1. Grab also the Gospel of John, chapter number 18, verse number 36. Hold your finger there. We're going to jump to it. I do want to make mention that women of elevators have a time of empowerment that's going to take place. So uh, also, I want to acknowledge my mom and my sister in the house. Amen. This morning. Amen. Hey, beautiful. Love you. You say she's my twin. Would. In the book of Psalms, Numbers 144, verse number 1, we started this sermon series entitled From Worship, from warf- uh, worship to Warfare, and it's been transforming my life, just declaring this word to you, and that's how God typically deals with me is that first he ministers to my heart before I'm able to minister to yours. So from worship to warfare, if you have strength in your body and God enabled you to walk into this building, I need you standing. Because if you were in a court of law, when the judge enters the chambers, then everyone would rise. And those who do not will be held in contempt of court will be charged to fine and with the possibility of being jailed. Now, if you can stand for a man, surely you can stand for the man. So, the scripture says, Bless be the Lord, my strength, which teaches my hands to war. And my fingers to fight. 
God is training us on how to do warfare. And he says, blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. From worship to warfare. Then jump me over to John. Chapter number 18, verse number 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. Tell your neighbor, I'm not from here. This is not your home. You're just traveling through. Just as Jesus is, so are you. He is not of this world, nor are you and I. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? Jesus said, any moment I'll call my homies and we'll get it on. Let's get it on. You ain't know your Jesus was gangster, huh? Jesus, I can call my people any moment. And they'll fight. But now, is my kingdom not from hence? Oh, God. There's two kingdoms at war. It's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And every day there's a battle. It's ways to see which kingdom you will reside in. Every day there's a battle. Every moment of your life, even up to this moment and the next, there's a fight taking place. And that fight is, is what kingdom will hold your allegiance Some of you are battling within yourselves right now. Your ears are clawed and your heart is closed. Because the kingdom of darkness is filling you because it doesn't want to let you go. The day I had an encounter with Jesus, I was actually, I never told my mom this. I was at my parents' house. I just got out of the tub. And the Holy Ghost filled me while I was taking the bath. And when I got out the tub, I was looking in the mirror and I saw a dark image in the mirror. And the room went black and I heard a conversation. And this conversation was a negotiation between darkness and light. And I audibly in my spirit heard these words. Can you grab another? But let me have him. Satan didn't want to let me go. And he was willing to trade and exchange another for my sake. Paul said it this way. I was the chief among sinners. Paul was until I was born. You get that on the way home. And Satan didn't want to lose me. And he was negotiating with God for my soul. He said, I will give you another for him. But let me have him. And then all of a sudden the lights came back on. And I began to weep. And ever since then, my life has been dedicated to this gospel. There are two kingdoms that are fighting and waging war. Watch this because you are valuable to both. God sees value in you. And so does Satan. They're fighting over your worth. Don't ever let anyone tell you you're not worth anything because you're valuable to God. Father, now in the name of Jesus,
Let your word permeate in our hearts. Let our ears be open to hear. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. On your way to your seat, slap high five. Your neighbor says, War time. It is war time. Hear this. I'll be real brief with you. But spiritual conflict is inevitable. But defeat is not. You don't have to wage war whether you choose to or not. So you best come prepared and ready to battle. Every day you wake up, the fight begins. And for some of us, the fight extends all the way into the midnight hour while we're laying peacefully on our bed. And then the battle begins. Can't sleep, tossing and turning, tolling all night, wrestling. Pillows on the floor. Sheets all topsy-turvy. Why? Because you've been battling all night long. There's a war going on. And spiritual conflict is inevitable. You're going to have to deal with it whether you choose to or not. You don't get to choose who you get to fight. Y'all didn't hear me. You don't get to choose your opponent in spiritual warfare. Satan sends whatever demonic forces, whatever demons, imps, or whatever he needs to get at you, you don't get to choose. It is not like you're picking teams on the basketball court. Give me him and him and him. No. You don't get a choice in the matter. So some of you, the battle is bigger than your neighbor. Your enemy is far massive than your neighbor. And you don't get to choose who you fight. You just got to fight. But here's how you fight. You fight through your worship. I said this in the 915 service. The Holy Spirit showed me about your worship. Your worship in the hands of God is a hammer. And when you begin to worship, God takes your worship as a weapon. And he begins to break down, demolish, and destroy whatever enemy that is facing you. And watch, you don't have to lift your hands. That's all you got to do is put your worship in his hands. And he begins to break down and begins to demolish. And he begins to destroy Whatever attack is coming your way. Worship is warfare. So I want to talk to you real briefly from this thought. About to catch these hands. I see some of y'all from the streets. On sight. I must be in the hood from next door to my hood. But, but what I mean by about to catch these hands, it's a declaration to your enemy that it's wartime. You got to let your enemy know that, listen, I ain't no punk. Y'all remember growing up, you was on the playground, they put a little chip on your shoulder and said, knock it off. I, I double dog dare you. But you always knew the one that was talking just had a mouth but really had no hands because they'd knock it off. He'd pick up another one and say, well, knock that one off. 
pick knock, I dare you to knock down. How many I got to knock off before we fight? <laughs> right? So you got to make this declaration to the enemy to let the enemy know that these hands are lethal weapons. That God has trained me in warfare. He has taught my fingers to fight. Now watch. The fight is not a physical fight because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and wickedness in heavenly places. The fight is not a physical fight, but it's a spiritual one. And God says, I'm teaching your hands how to fight. Watch this. Can I have it? Give it to me. He says, I'm teaching your hands how to fight. Your fingers. y'all. I'm teaching your fingers how to fight somebody missing this i'm teaching your fingers how you gonna beat down your enemy i'm teaching your fingers how to walk through the scriptures to find the word i'm teaching your fingers on how we gonna do this fight how we gonna get it on let's see uh devil you want to mess with me hang on hang on right okay i see you oh you want some of this take this Oh, you, you want some? Here, have that. Left hook, right hook, uppercut, right cross, left cross. I'm teaching your hands, your fingers, how to fight. Did you not read that? So you're telling me my fingers can fight? My hands can do war? Yeah, they can. Holding the word. You can do war by holding the word. And you can fight simply by turning the page. That's why the devil wants to keep dust on your Bible. <laughs> he want to make sure you never crack the lid, the seal of your Bible. That's why every time you open your Bible, you fall asleep. Y- y'all don't need melatonin to go to sleep. Open your Bible. <laughs> You don't need no ambient. Open your Bible. And the devil say, oh, 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 put him to sleep. The devil don't want you to read your word. Watch, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by. Y'all better preach this thing. And Satan don't want your faith to be built up. And the only way your faith can be built up if you fight with the word. Because he knows the moment you get the word in you, he in trouble. So let's teach this thing. Before every promotion, there will be a testing and a pressing. Before God ever elevates you to the next level of your life, there will be a testing and a pressing. You got to go through it. You cannot skip the process. To get to the next place, there will be a testing. You have to be tested because God wants to make sure that you're battle ready. So there will be a test. Come on, talk to us, David. David is in the wilderness tending his father's sheep. And while he is there doing his business, honoring his father by working in the wilderness, taking on the most gross task that he could take on. Because tending sheep is stanky, messy work. Trust me, I'm a pastor, I know. Look at your neighbor and say, bad. He likens us to sheep. So God tests David in the wilderness by having him tending sheep. 
But not only that, while he is doing his task and his assignment, there are some poachers in the land that comes to snatch up the sheep, lions, tigers, and bears. Uh, And in this testing, God says, Dave, what you going to do with them? Waka. Slew them. Watch, it was a test. Before David ever faced Goliath, he killed lions, tigers, and bears. It was a test. It was a test. It was just a test. Some of you going through some light affliction right now, it's just a test. You see a common cold and a headache, it's just a test. Because there's something greater coming, cancer. There's something greater coming. And, you know, and God says, I got to make sure first on this lower level, you have enough faith in me to face these bigger devils. So I want to know that you have enough faith to ask you, God, heal me of this cold. Oh, ah, oh, Father, my head hurt, but I believe you for healing. He want to make sure that you're battle tested, that you have enough faith. Watch this, even for a common cold. So when something big come, oh, that ain't nothing. Isn't that what David told Saul? Oh, you buzz, Saul. You, you know who you're about to fight. You're about to get in the ring with Tyson. You think you'll handle Tyson? It's, it's, I fought lions, tigers, and bears. Really? That's nothing. Matter of fact, I don't even need your gear. Because he's about to catch these hands. <laughs> I don't need your weapons. I don't need your, your armor. No, because Goliath about to get these hands. It was a test. He tried them in the wilderness. But not only to fight, but he also was training him on how to be faithful. What do you mean, apostle, be faithful? He's tending these sheep on the backside of the wilderness. And not one got lost. <laughs> not one got lost well, why is that because he wanted to make sure when he now is elevated and promoted to the ranks of kingdomship he can now make sure he governs and keep the people faithfully he's teaching him on principles on how to be faithful and make sure that none Get lost. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, Father, you have placed in my hand and none have been plucked out. He, he says, Lord, you have put them there and I kept them all. That They gave their life to me and their life shall be. They will never lose their life because I hold their life in my hand. Somebody shout, the devil's about to get these hands. So every time he come your way to try to pull you back in darkness, say, devil, you're about to get these hands. Hands. Teach him how to be faithful. Teaching him on how to make sure the people is covered and kept. Because you're about to be promoted. Ah, I felt the Holy Ghost there. Somebody's about to get an upgrade. You're about to be promoted. God's about to bring you to the next level. But this level is just a test. Take it, it's just a test just a test we see in the book of Daniel chapter number 10 I Daniel was the only one who saw the vision those who were with me did not see it but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves 
So I left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left in my body. My face turned deeply pale, and I was helpless. Anybody ever felt helpless in their life before? Anybody ever felt I think some of y'all lying here. Y'all need to be at the altar and repent right now. I, I think we all have felt helpless at one point or another. Where you have done all that you can do and couldn't do no more. And there was nobody to turn to, nobody to call. And everybody you did call didn't answer. And the ones who were supposed to answer hit decline. The ones who told you I was going to answer, avoiding your call. Saw you on aisle 6 in Walmart and ran down aisle 15. Feeling helpless. And, and Daniel said, I felt helpless. Then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. And my face planted in the ground. And my hand, and a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. Boy, what a posture to be in, in the presence of Almighty God. Planted in the ground on hands and knees. This is how I do my, my warfare. This is how I battle. Planet in the ground. My hands and knees. That's why while some of y'all were sitting and standing doing worship, I was. I was planted in the ground. My hands and knees. This is how I fight my battle. See, in this position, you actually are defenseless. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, bad. You know why he liking you to sheep? Because a sheep, a sheep does not have any defensive, me- uh, no, no mechanisms to defend himself. He don't have sharp teeth. He don't have claws. He don't have horns to ram them. He is defensive. That's why a sheep needs a shepherd. Tell your neighbor you need a shepherd. Because only the shepherd can protect you. This is the posture to be in because you are defenseless. So therefore, you need a shepherd who can defend you. Some of y'all want to be all bad to give people a piece of your mind. You better give them the word. Because if you give them your mind, you ain't going to have nothing left. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Daniel finds himself planted in the ground. He said, uh, he said to Daniel, you, are, you who are highly esteemed, <laughs> tell your neighbor there's value in you. He says, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak. He says, watch, listen to the verbiage. Make sure that you take note of every word I'm about to say you. In other words, listen, Linda. Can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Tell your neighbor, pay attention. He said, consider these words carefully that I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Next verse. Then he continued and said, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day. First day. Something about the first day. The first day is not like the last day. The first day is not like the tenth day. Something special about the first day. What's so special about the first day? 
The first day is a declaration to all the other days. Y'all miss that. So when you start the first day, you telling the next day, here I come. <laughs> so it's not, uh, you, you know what they say? It's, um, how they make that statement? It says, um, um, uh, oh God, help me, Holy Ghost, about starting and finishing. Uh, it, it's, it's, it, but it's how you finish? It, it's, that's not even uh, good at all. You know what it's not? It's not how you start, how you finish. It's if you start at all. That's the power. It's to start. Because if you never start, then you'll never get to do to the finish line. You got to first start. So the first day is the most powerful day of your life. When you make a declaration to say, I'm going to do something, you actually do it. It's more powerful than you even finishing. Tell your neighbors, got to start. You got to start. And he says, watch this. The first day you set your mind to gain understanding the first day you set your mind fixed on i need to understand what's happening in my life i don't know what's happening every time i turn around it's a fight it's a battle the first time you set your mind and fixed on the devil it's not gonna take me out he's not gonna wipe me out the first day you make up your mind i'm not gonna quit i'm not gonna give in i'm not gonna give up the first day you set your mind that this sickness or disease today is the last day i'm gonna battle with this thing the first day you set your mind to understand what god wants to do in your finances and your relationships when you set your mind watch what happens I set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God the words were heard <laughs> the first day you set your mind God hears your prayers your words were heard on the first day the first day somebody shout the first day and I have come in response to them So here, here it is, beloved. The first day you get your mind right, God hears your prayer. And he responds. Take me back to that last verse. Look what, look what it says. Remember, take note of every word. I come in response to them. I come in response. To what you pray on the first day. Now watch it. Before you clap, listen to it. There's a difference between response and reaction. Watch. Reaction is I reenact what has happened to me or what has been acted towards me. So catch it. If you slap me, I'm gone. Because that's a reaction. Did you catch it? If you cuss me out, I'm subject to. You hit me, I'm possible. Oh, yeah, I'm going to cut you. I ain't going to hit you back. Uh, I'm half hood and half holy. And uh, you never know what day you're going to get. So go ahead, try Jesus, but don't try me. But, but, but you hit me and it's possible you get hit back. That is in a reaction. But you know what a response is? It is a predetermined, already fixed answer to the problem. So God says, I'm responding 
to the problem before the problem even happens. Because I already got the answer. That's a response. I've already fixed in my mind what the answer is before the problem even shows up. So when the problem shows up, I can just give the problem the answer. Because a problem is not a problem when the answer shows up. Y'all missed that. You ain't got no problems. Problems is not your problem. A lack of answers is your problem. Because when you have answers, there is no problems. You don't have problems with money. The, quest, the problem is, is that you don't have the answer to the problem of money. Because if you knew what the word of God says, I have given you creative power to create wealth. There's the answer. So you don't have money issues. You have lack of answer issues. So when the response comes, God has already determined what the answer is. And he has already set it in motion. And he says, I have come in response to what you prayed on the first day. But the prince of Persia... Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there by the king of Persia. God heard Daniel on the first day, but there was a war going on in the heavenlies. And while God was trying to respond to a problem, Satan came to resist or to uh, put, uh, put a halt to the answer. So some of you today, you're waiting on an answer and it's been locked up in the heavenlies. Uh, like dear Sister Beautiful testified earlier, she, her heart had hardened because she was mad at God. And watch, it wasn't that God wanted anything to happen to her. He already had an answer for whatever would happen to her, but the answer was locked up in heaven waiting to get to her. The angels was warned to get the answer to her. The angel was warned to get protection around her. But there was a principality and a power blocking its way. So it is not that God doesn't love you. It's not that God is not listening to you. But there has been some disruption in heaven that's preventing the answers to your questions. There's a blockade in heaven that's preventing your provision from coming down. Your healing from coming down. There's a war going on. And watch this. It is because you have put your hands in your pockets instead of lifting your hands in worship. The problem is not with God. The problem is in us and our worship. What do we do with our hands? So here's the attack that Daniel experienced. Number one, Daniel experienced the attack on his character. His character. Most of the issues you're facing right now is because the enemy has attacked your character. He has gone to God and said, look, did you see what Charlie did? You see how Charlie is acting? Attack of the character. Job faced the same thing. Attack on his character. Satan comes to attack your character. Get you out of character. You know how this world does. It'll poke and push and poke and push until they poke the bear and the bear wakes up and then they turn and look at you and say, I thought you was a Christian. After they have instigated you and brought you to a ride, then they turn around and blame you. And that's so kind of narcissistic. attack on your character because they want to pull you out of character they want to wake up and resurrect Lazarus in your life 
you know that old man that you sometimes poke yourself you know you sometimes poke up the Lazarus in your life you know you know how you say it you better be lucky I'm saved see the old me poking the old man you, 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 you're trying to resurrect Lazarus right so attack on your character the next thing is attack on your worship so y'all know how Daniel's life was Daniel Daniel was a man of God living in King Nebuchadnezzar's reign at the time and on the front end Daniel chapter number one states the problem Daniel chapter number two uh, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter number one states about the person. Uh, Daniel chapter two states the problem, but Daniel chapter three is the process. So what happens in Daniel chapter number one, the person of Daniel is there standing before the king and says, listen, we're not going to eat your meat, your drink. We're going to live holy unto God. We're not going to have what they have. We're going to live God's way. Talks about Daniel and how he is choosing to live for God and not for the world. But, but, but then in Daniel chapter number 2 is attack on his character they, they are jealous you're going to have some haters when you decide to live for Jesus and they go to the king and say king listen there's these certain Jews that you know they, they worship another God so this is what I need you to do I need you to build a golden image and make sure that when the, the, the harps and the lyres and the flutes and all of this stuff play they bow down and worship this golden image because they knew that Daniel had a heart for God and he wanted to live for God and he would not worship another God so they build a false God to trap Daniel as an attack on his character and worship so they build the golden image the king said yeah that's a good idea and but well and they said well, well king I tell you what if they don't bow, then what I need you to do is put them in a fiery furnace. You need to wipe them out. It's an attack on their worship. I'm going to mess with your head here in a second. So, so they set this farce up. Flute lyre happens. Everybody bow down and worship. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship. And in verse number three, process. They refused to worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship. So they bring the Shadrachs, bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm doing it on purpose to the king and said they refused to worship so the king says take them throw them in the fire seven times hotter never been done before turn up seven times hotter can I say something to you right quick there's a fire that's being prepared to you that nobody else can handle there's a fire that's being set that only you can go through seven times hotter never been done before turn up seven times hotter. it was so hot that even the men who were holding them about to throw them in the fire they got burned up so they go to throw Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego I'm doing it on purpose Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego into the fire they get burned up and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego falls into the fire watch they were not thrown they fell you know why 
because before they got to the fire, they made this declaration of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, our God is mighty to save. We will not worship your God. They make this declaration that if you throw us in the fire, we'll just perish. We'd rather perish than serve your God. So if you throw us in and he don't save us, praise God. If he throw us in and he save us, praise God. But we will not worship your God. So they had made this prophetic declaration that if we go in, it's up to God whether we come out or not. It's not up to you, King. It's up to our God. So the men are burned up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm doing it on purpose. They look to the left and the right and say, man, we free. Ain't nobody holding us. But our God is still mighty. fell into the fire and the king with amazement as we have been taught stood up to see the fourth man in the fire but his amazement was not the fourth man in the fire the amazement was that these three boys decided to go into the fire in spite of running out the building to be set free King Nebuchadnezzar said wait a minute Say what? You just gonna jump in the fire? You ain't gonna run? talking about some stuff that you shouldn't be talking about you kind of just lean on the table a little bit acting like you're not part of the group but you're part of the group. y'all ain't gonna be honest in here you, you know when they say you know it's time to pray and, and instead of you praying you kind of hold your head down because you want to show them that you're a Christian when, when they start talking about things of religion you don't really want to say nothing you just kind of you know that was the place Daniel. Daniel had a half-hearted worship. Daniel probably was like this. Tying his shoes. So, he like, I want to kind of look like y'all, but I ain't one of y'all, but I want to kind of like look like y'all. So 
song. I'm going to tie my shoe real slow so while the music playing, y'all can think that I'm one of y'all, but I'm really not one of y'all, but I want y'all to think like I'm one of y'all. So I'm really not, but I, I want to look like because I want to get thrown in the fire. So I'm just keep tying my shoe to the music again and then jump up. Thank you, Jesus. Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is an attack on worship. Who are you going to worship? Lord, before you charge them with the crime, you got to ask yourself, who are you worshiping? Who's your God? Oh, I serve the one and true, only living God. About to land this plane, about to come to the end. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's that new car that you just got that you've been dreaming about. Maybe it's that job that you were hoping for and you got a promotion and they're offering over time as much as you can have. But you still opt to take it even though it's a choice and it's on a Sunday. Right when you made a commitment to be fully invested in the things of God and then Satan comes and says, hey, we got overtime. You can have as much as you want and work any day you want. And you opt to take it on the day that you have devoted yourself to the things of God. I ask you again, who are you worshiping? Who are you worshiping? Maybe it's that spouse. Maybe it's that spouse that tells you, you always in church all the time. I don't ever get to spend any time with you so you opt to stay out of church years, months, and years and days and now you have separated yourself from God because you heeded his voice and not God's voice. Who you worship? It's an attack on worship. It was an attack on trust. Who are you trusting? Trust God or you trust me? trust God or you trust me and the three Hebrew boys said we trust God so we're going into the fire we're going to trust him enough that whether we die whether we perish or not God we trust you trust you sickness come on my body God I trust you I'm being attacked by them God I trust you you have taught my hands on how to do what you taught my fingers God I trust you that everything you taught me God I can use the tools I use will always be the tools that will bring me victory it's attack trust the fight you avoid today you will have to face today. the fight you avoid today David fought the Philistines. And he had an opportunity to wipe them all out. But he allowed them to flee. When he slew Goliath, over 300 Philistines fled. And instead of him chasing them down and annihilating all of them, we find David. Now, watch this. As he's fleeing from Saul, he is now living with the enemy he used to fight. Oh, Jesus. If you don't kill him today, you're going to play with him tomorrow. 
Y'all missed that. The enemy that you pray, that you fight today, if you don't kill him, he's going to become your frenemy tomorrow. You'll find yourself in relationship with him. He was fighting the Philistines at one point. Now you're living with him. So if you don't fight today, you're going to have to fight tomorrow. So you might as well do battle now. You might as well have warfare. Jesus faced the same thing. Uh, I'm going to skip Daniel. Bring me to the clap back. Jesus faced the same thing. Hear this. The cause of warfare is a disruption of alignment or realignment of the kingdom of God. So the cause of warfare in your life. Go back to it. The cause of warfare in your life. It comes in your life to disrupt the realignment of the kingdom of God. Understand this. Watch this. God wants to realign you with his kingdom. And warfare comes to get you out of line because God wants you in line. Oh, this is going to bless you real good. Watch this. Daniel gets another chance to show his worship and allegiance to God. So after all this occurs, Daniel is still promoted as governor over the region. And they said, the same people come to the king and say, King, listen, we got this Jew that he be worshiping all the time. He's always in the window. He's always in the presence of God. Attacking his character. And he said, King, listen, if, if anybody does not worship this certain way, Throw him in the lion's den. Throw him in the lion's den. They don't worship you. Throw him in the lion's den. Daniel gets a second chance to show his allegiance to the Lord. So Daniel is three days turned to these praying and worshiping. And in, in, in these little knuckleheads, come and say, see king. He just disobedient, rebellious, like some of these talking to you, I'm talking to the person next to you and behind you. So don't think I'm talking to you, I'm talking to the person next to you. But I'm taking that he talking to you. And, and, and so watch, he, he, he takes Daniel and throws Daniel in the lion's den. He really didn't want to do it, but he throws Daniel's in the li- Daniel in the lion's den. They didn't feed the lions, so the lions were real hungry. They picking their teeth when they see Daniel. But watch what happens. They throw Daniel in the lion's den. All night long. Daniel is sleeping in peace. The lion and the lamb. Laying in perfect Watch what happens. The kingdom of God is being aligned. <laughs> Kiss the revelation. Daniel is able to lay with the lion unharmed. Why? Because the kingdom of God comes into realignment. It is now even manifesting in Daniel. It is now the kingdom of God manifesting in earth. 
you know there will come a time where you will walk amongst the lions and they won't harm you you will walk amongst serpents and they won't bother you you'll jump in the river with sharks in the ocean with sharks and they won't bite you why because the kingdom of god is real life that's why there's such warfare in your life because satan doesn't want the kingdom of god real life in your life because he knows the moment this realignment happens, there's peace in your soul. Woo! There's peace in your soul. You can rest at night real peaceful with a smile on your face. You wake up in the morning with a smile on your face. You go to your work and you be, ah, glory. And everybody be skipping around you. Why? Because we're in perfect harmony. And where there's chaos and confusion, there'll be no more. Where there's sickness and disease, there'll be no more. Why? Because the kingdom of God comes back to us. Remember, you don't get to choose to fight, you fight. But you're going to have to fight. I don't start to fight, but I will fight. Some of y'all can because if you don't, you're going to get hit either way. So you might as well defeat yourself. I'm just looking at you. Guys. You got it. You got it. You got this one. You got this one. You got this one. Some of y'all probably ain't got the footwork, but that's okay. You, you, you probably don't. You probably, you probably can't rock and roll, but that's okay. Just That's all you got to do. And listen, when that don't work, put your dukes on. When, 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 this ain't, when this ain't getting it, put your dukes up. When, when, when this ain't working for you, put your, put your dukes, tell your name, put your dukes up. Put, put, put your dukes up. I wish I had some fighters in the house that know how to put their dukes up. Maybe I should have said, maybe I should have said, I wish I had some worshipers in the house.
their broken heart. Mend their broken heart. Do it now. Have you here today? In the point of your sins, you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of life today. The moment is now. Don't let this moment pass Maybe you have your back slid, you strayed away. You're in sin. Notice what I said. You didn't commit a sin. You're in sin. Sin is not about the activity. Sin is a state of being. Sin is not what you do. Sin is who you are. Man has defined sin as actions. God sees it as a state of being. How do I know he that do not sin be
God is calling you to connect today. I, I dare to say if this is your third, fourth, fifth time here with us and you haven't joined yet, God has been speaking and you had not been listening. Okay. God has been speaking and you have been disobeying. Because God would not have you come time and time again if he did not intend on connecting you. So if you're here, this is your third, fourth, possibly even fifth time, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You're in disobedience. Because God is saying something. But the question is, is will you respond to what he is saying? Because you've been looking for something and you've got just found But you don't want to make the commitment. So maybe you got commitment issues. Let it be settled in your heart today. That's you today. You don't have a church home. You want to connect today. Would you lift your hand? That's you. Hallelujah. For those of you online, you can connect and be a part of our e-church. That's you online. You can simply text the word join 225-361-2016 if that's you. Even for those of you in the sanctuary, now if you want to join on the way home in the spirit of God, and prompt you. You can join on the way home. Text that number. Text the word join to that number. What I, function, I, I encourage you, shall I say, is to connect. Because a branch that is not connected to a vine will eventually die. So if you don't get connected to the body, you're amputated. And rigor mortis will set in. And you will begin to be become a stitch. Dead body stone. So if you're a body, member of the body, not connected to the body, pretty soon you can be stained. Connected there. That's you with your hand. To connect today. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would. Put a, a heart or thumbs up. You were blessed by the word of God today. All standing to your feet all over this place. Amen. Amen. I hope you were blessed by the word. I know we're far over time, but I, I hope 